We've got two Bibles. I always say to the music team, when I pull out a hard copy of a Bible, I'm getting real serious. Because, you know, these days we've got your apps and your, you know, your phone and all that sort of stuff. Um, when I pull out a hard copy, I'm getting serious. And, you know, um, God has really got a word burning in my heart this morning. It's something that um, I wasn't expecting. I was thinking at the start of the week, a sort of message that I was going to preach. It, it's completely and utterly changed. It's something that God's been sharing in my heart over the last uh, closing months of uh, last year and over the over the start of this year as well. God has really been speaking to me about certain things, and um, you know, and God has been speaking to us uh, through uh, Pastor Gary about um, focusing on the needs of our of the people in our community. Um, you know, sharing to people in our world the love of Jesus, that people in our workplace, the people around us, sharing our story um, and starting to live out the, the great commission that, that Christ uh, gave to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. And that commission isn't just for uh, the disciples. We are his disciples this morning. Um, anyone who is a Christian is a disciple of God. And so that commission is actually for us as well. And so this morning I want to continue to break down this mentality that seems to have arisen in the church, and it is the mentality of the four walls. I want to break down the four walls mentality this morning. Um, So if I do have a title for my message, it is uh, Looking Outside the Four Walls. Looking Outside the Four Walls. So picture this, picture this, if you spend, think of, your, think of your own home, just think of your house at the moment, and if you spent all your time inside, think about that, you, you don't go outside at all, you spend all your time inside your house and all that sort of thing, never went outside, you only, you only you know, cleaned up inside spent time watching TV, only stayed inside, what would the outside look like? What would your garden look like? What would your driveway look like? Have a think about that for a second. To me, God gave me this picture. Um, The outside of your house would look like it was dying. You know, the the weeds that arise up in your garden, they're like the problems that arise in this world. You know, that are, that, are, that are wanting to strangle people and, and, and pull people back from having the life that God has promised. And so it's the same when weeds start attacking your flowers and your trees and all that sort of thing, that, that, that they cause those trees and those, and those flowers and all that to die. And it's the same with there are people in our community that are out there with the, with the things of life that, are, that, are, that they're wrestling with just like our plants wrestle with the weeds in the garden, and if you look at my garden at the moment, there are lots of them, because um, I'm not a gardener, um, but I'm tending to that. Um, <laughs> there, there, are, there are needs in, in our community, in people's lives, in our community, in our world, in our workplace. So you've got to picture those people as you would picture your garden, that every now and then you've actually got to go outside your house, the four walls, the comfort of your house, out into either the rain or the sun and actually tend to the needs of your garden. And it's the same with people out in the world. 
We need to tend to the needs of the people in our community, in our world, and in our workplace. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, please uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Um, Luke chapter 10, and we're going to go from uh, verses 25 right through to 37. And, and, some, and most of you are probably going to know this story, but it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it says, from verse 25, it says, And and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him. So he's he's testing Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? Because this guy is an expert of the law. So he's actually challenging Jesus here. And he says, "What What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanted, but, but he, said, uh, sorry, but he wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? We're just going to pause there for a second. I want to ask you the same question this morning. As this, this, this lawyer asked Jesus, who is your neighbor? Who, who is your neighbor? Have a think about that. We're going to read on from verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite. When he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where, where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he, de- when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. And then Jesus goes on and says, So which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he said, He, show, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Now you can see as we're reading through this chapter that this man was in serious need. He was, he was beaten, he was robbed. He was on the side of the road, half dead. And the priest and the Levite were on their journey. They saw him, looked at him and went, oh yeah, and just kept going. Now I want to I ask you this morning, have you ever been in that position where you've seen someone either in your workplace who is in serious need or someone in the community who is in serious need and you've just gone, okay, oh, okay. All right, and then just kept going on about your going on about your business. I know I've done that. Um, I drive along the I drive along the freeway every day. I, I work in Murray Bridge, so I, I see a lot of people broken down at times. I, I keep saying go and buy a Ford, but anyway, um, <laughs> that's just a joke. Um, <laughs> but how often have I, like, I? This this is what challenged me. How often have have I just driven past and gone? Oh, they've, they've got RA membership or whatever. Like, I don't know anything about mechanics, so how am I going to help them? I'll just keep driving. I've got to get to work anyway. 
or on the way home, oh, I've got to get home. This is exactly what the, the, the priest and the Levite um, were like. And you see, Jesus uses um, a, a Samaritan because, you know, the Jews and the, and the Samaritan didn't really, you know, they didn't really see eye to eye. They, you know, they, they didn't really, it was a very strange relationship they had. They, they, the Samaritans weren't very good in, according to the eyes of the Jews. Uh, but Jesus uses this as an exa- uses a Samaritan as an example, just to challenge the the lawyer's way of thinking. Um, so you see in the in the work of the Samaritan that he comes and takes care of him. Like I want to I want to just uh, show you this morning just the just the forms of service that the Samaritan actually showed to this man. And as you as you as you're reading through, you see that. Um, a form of service that he showed, he showed compassion. The Samaritan saw the man and he knew that he needed help. He stopped what he was doing. He knew that he saw the need and he needed, so he showed compassion. He showed that he was available. He took on the wounded man's burden. He showed that he was available by, by, by stopping what he was doing and he took on the man's burden by actually going across and actually bandaging his wounds, tending to his need. And then he also showed that he was helpful and showed him hospitality because he put him on his own animal because he couldn't walk. He was half dead. Let's face it, he, he, he could have you know, got him to walk, but no, he, he actually put him on his own animal, took him to an inn and, and took care of him for the rest of that day. And then he... And then he showed the hospitality still by offering, by paying the innkeeper to take to take care of this man. And and then, how honest was this man by saying anything that he that I owe you? Next time I come, I'll pay you back. That that shows great honesty and integrity right there. So this this Samaritan man was an, showed incredible compassion. Showed incredible. Compassion. And, you, and in verse 36 and 37, Jesus asked, asked the lawyer again, who do you think was, this, was, was the neighbor that, to this man? And so this is challenging his mentality now. And he's like, well, I, I, I suppose it was the guy who tended to his needs. And this is what I love about what Jesus, this is what Jesus is. I love, I love the challenge that he presents before before him, and I believe that God is saying the same to us today, and and that is to go and do likewise, go and do likewise, because it is so easy to read this and go, oh yeah, that's that's a great story, but we, I know in my life, I often forget that last part, go and do likewise, and that is what God is trying to say to us this morning, go and do likewise. There are people in our community that are that are that are in need. That that need help. You know, there. I know there are people in my workplace that need the love of Christ in their life. They they often don't admit it, because we as men are like, oh, we got problems. We'll just yeah, we're we're, we're men. We don't talk about our problems, um, but there are people. In our world, that God has placed us in that 
in that environment for a reason to meet the needs of those people. And I believe that if we start to show compassion on these people, like the Good Samaritan did to this stranger, it doesn't have to be a stranger. It can be someone that is living in your world at the moment. We need to show that same compassion. We need to show those same acts of service in order to, for people to see the light of Jesus in our world. You know, in Proverbs 14.21, I'm going to turn to it. I was reading this and it really jumped out at me. Uh, I'm going to go from verse 20. It says, The poor are shunned even by their neighbours, but the rich have many friends. And in verse 21 it says, It is a sin to despise one's neighbour, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. That is a challenge, isn't it? That is a challenge. It says, It is a sin to despise one's neighbour, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. Who is kind to the needy. You know what I first thought when I read this chapter? I thought, when I read this verse, I thought, I thought needy was like poor people begging on the side of the street or people that are, that are hungry. And I, I, I often thought that it was, it was people that were without physical need. But needy is actually not just physical but emotional as well. You know, there are people that are in our world that, that need love, that need, they, need they, they just need a friend. People's, people in our world, their marriages could be breaking down. There are people in our community that, that, that are struggling in their marriage, in family, relationships, all that. that. Do you think they're needy as well? It's not just the people that are physically hungry or physically begging on the side of the street. It is people that are, that, that are having emotional crises as well. Because who knows, everyone knows our world can be a very hard place to live in at times. So I want to challenge you this morning not to despise people that are in need, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. You know, Jesus showed love towards those outside the church in his ministry. He often mixed with people that the religious leaders and, and, and all that, they, 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 they ignored him because they were sinners. Like he, they, said, he said, they, said, they said to Jesus, how dare you eat with tax collectors and sinners and all that sort of thing. But in Matthew 9, as, when he, when he, just after he called out um, Matthew to be his disciple, um, from verse 10 in the NLT it says, Later Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? That's a strong word, isn't it? Imagine being described as scum. That's, that's, that, yeah. that, that's, that's a horrible description. These people were religious leaders of their time, and they're describing people as scum. I want to challenge our mindset this morning. Have we ever done that? As, as, as Christians, have we ever seen people and gone, oh, yeah, they're, you know, they, they've created their own problems. That's their problem to deal with. I know I have. I, I, I know that there are times where I've looked upon people and gone and, and, and actually judged them before I've actually gotten to know the people. They could be very nice people, but I've, 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 I've sometimes had a Pharisee mindset in my life. 
And we keep reading. It says, when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. And the scripture that he's referring to is uh, Hosea 6.6, and uh, where, where um, he's saying, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. Now, when we look at this, um, offering sacrifices was the religious practice of, of, of the day. Before, before Christ died, that was the religious practice, to offer sacrifices and, and all that. Now, what God is asking, what, what, what Jesus is challenging him with, is he would rather us show love towards others than for us to be good in our religious practices. He would rather us show love towards people than for us to come to church on a Sunday, do what we do on a Sunday, and then on Monday we just go out and do our thing and not be a people of love, of compassion. You know, it, Jesus would rather see us show mercy towards people then is, am I being too heavy this morning? Because this has really challenged me. This has really challenged my mentality a little bit. It, it really jumped out at me when I read that. When I, when I was looking through this, this scripture, I'm like, what scripture is he referring to when he says, I want you to show mercy? And then I saw this scripture in Hosea 6.6. 6, and he was talking, I think he was talking about Israel and, and Judea at the time. I think so. Correct me if I'm wrong. And he's saying, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifice. And that's exactly what the Good Samaritan was showing. That, that, that is the purpose of that parable. Is, is Jesus has given us this parable to show us how to, to act when we see people who are in need. When we see people who are in need. You know, too often, I'm speaking to myself as well, we focus so much on what's going on on a Sunday that we forget about Monday through to Saturday. And we forget about people that we interact with in our world that we talk to, but they don't go to church. And I've, I've quite often heard throughout my, throughout my life about when people talk about Christians, and I'm not saying it is anyone here in this place, but I've quite often heard when I've been talking to people in in my world, that people have quite often labelled a Christian as hypocrites, and that is sad. That is so sad because we know what we need to do. We know our Bible says we need to show love towards others. We need to show that same love that Christ showed for us to other people. But how often do we act it out? I know in my life, I, I, I keep referring back to myself because I'm speaking to myself as well. I, I'm far from perfect, and Haley will vouch for you sometimes. I see people that are stuck on the side of the road when we're driving. I'm like, nah, we've got to get somewhere. I, you know, let, I'm not going to pull over. And that, that's also because you, know, you hear a lot of stories and all that sort of stuff as well. But sometimes you've got to think, if God is saying to you, I want you to stop, pull over and help that person. Maybe he's saying, stop, pull over and hurt that person. 
God has said stuff like that to me before, and I have not acted on it, and I've just kept driving. And I'll tell you what, you feel worse. You feel worse. You're like, oh, Lord, sorry, I disobeyed you right then. And, you, and, and you've missed your opportunity. It's like that priest and the, and the Levite who walked past a man that was half dead. They, they didn't even want to offer him help. That, that, that's sad. That is sad. There are people that are in help that need help. You know, when we're talking to people, um, we may not be the person that leads them to Jesus, but through our act of service to them, through acts of kindness to them, through us shining our light to them, it might get them to open up their heart and ask the question. And again, I'm challenging my own mentality here because so often I've, I've, I've gone to help someone and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, sh- you know, I'll, I'll share my testimony with them or whatever. This is in my workplace. And I'm like, then all of a sudden they'll come to know Jesus. But that doesn't always happen. And I'll tell you what, if you have that mentality, you'll probably leave more disappointed than, than uplifted. But... I want to challenge you this morning not to worry about not to worry about leading them to Jesus, but just to show them Jesus. Don't don't worry about the result. Worry about the need. Worry about the person. Don't focus on the result. You know, we we in the world we're so results driven. We are so results driven. And you know, when when we when we I know in my life I I get that mentality that. If I don't see a result, I feel like I failed. If I don't see the result straight away, I feel like I failed. I want to tell you this morning, if you don't see the result straight away, you haven't failed. You've simply obeyed the voice of God. You've tended to the need of that person. And who knows, down the track, you might hear a story. They might, they might come to know Christ through another, in another church, in another, in another place, and they will say, it was, it, was, it was because of such and such here in Mount Barker or such and such here in this workplace, that I began to question, I began to question who God was. We need to begin to, to not be results driven when we're reaching out to people, but to just tend to the need. Just tend to the person's need. Don't worry about the result. Because only, only God can deal with that result. Don't force the issue. Don't, don't force Jesus upon him. Just show Jesus. Show the love of Jesus. Show the love of Jesus. Like this good Samaritan. I know Jesus was using it as a parable, but I I don't know whether it happened in real life or whatever. But say say it did. Say this was in today's world. And quite often on the news when you see someone helping someone out, they do call them a good Samaritan. So they do refer to this, this story. So... Just think about it. The Samaritan wasn't focused on the, the result. He was just focused on that need, making sure that he was made well again so that he can continue his journey. That he can continue his journey. You know, Jesus, I keep referring to Jesus because in his ministry, when he was here on earth, he focused on the lost. He was here to save the lost. And we have a look 
Just to remind you, the Father's heart for the lost. In Luke chapter 15, when, we, when we're reading through the parable of the lost son, you know, he was lost. He, he, he went out, spent all his inheritance on wild living. We know, the, we know the story. We've heard it before. But this story was used to show the Father's love for a sinner that comes into repentance. And I'm going to read from verse 20. This is when he was coming home. He says, So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. There's that word compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son, the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But, fa- but the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son was, of mine was dead and is alive again. So he was lost and found, so they began to celebrate. That's what happens in heaven when one sinner gives their heart to the Lord. You know, that is the Father's heart. And I believe in 2017, we, God is really shifting our focus. Pastor Gary started sharing at the end of 2016, God is beginning to shift our focus from being church-minded to community-minded. And so we, we need to take hold of this because God is beginning to God is speaking to us. He is speaking to us saying focus on them out there. Focus on them out there in the community. There are people looking for love, hope, comfort, security, peace, anything. Who knows they come to Jesus, they'll find those things. It's easy to say but it's hard to show sometimes. And sometimes it, 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 it's, it's about us getting out of our comfort zone, getting out of our house, walking outside, tending to those weeds in the garden, tending to those trees, those flowers, so that they may have a chance to look beautiful. They, they are beautiful in God's eyes, those people. And I, love, I loved what the word that Christiane gave this morning. It was incredible. It, it was, that's so tied in with what, I, what, what I'm sharing today. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Cha-ching, I've got it right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so that's incredible. I, I just want you to have a think about, I want you to have a think about this. Think about people in your workplace at the moment. People on your street that you, that you see pretty much on a daily basis. I want you to just look, look past the, the nice pleasantries that you may exchange and all that sort of stuff and just have a think about that person for a sec. And just ask, ask, ask the Lord, 
is there something that I can do for them? Is there something that they need to hear from you right now? Whether it be physical or emotional need. Is there something that they need right now for me to show them? Just like that man who was on the side of the road, half dead, that, was, that got robbed, stripped of his clothing. You can be that Samaritan person to that, to, to that person in your world this morning. Have a think about it. Just in uh, conclusion this morning, I want to read Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16 out of the New Living Translation. And it says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Be the light. You are the light of the world. Again, with the mentality, I've, I've had this mentality for so long that Jesus is the light of the world, not me. But no, it clearly says here, Jesus is saying to you, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. We have the light of the world. We have the light of Jesus living inside of us. Don't hide it. Don't put it under a, don't put it under a basket. You, you just picture your house, you might have a lamp. You don't, you don't put a rug over it. You don't, you don't leave your lights off of a night time so people can't see. You shine them, don't you? You shine them. So it gives light to everyone. I love the last part of this passage. I love what it says in verse 16 of chapter 5. It says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. This is not, this is not oh, look at me. Look at my good deeds. You know, look at what I'm doing. It's not, it's not talking about that. It is saying, simply like the Samaritan man, let, like, tending to the needs of people. You don't need to, you don't need to tell people, oh, I tended to this need. You don't need to brag about it. God sees that you're tending to that need. God sees it. God sees your heart. It's all about your heart. Just think about that. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see. That all doesn't necessarily mean the people in here. It is good that we as Christians help each other out when we're in need. We're good at that. We're good at helping people in the church. But we need to begin to help people outside the church. It is one area that I know in my life and I know that in, in a lot of other people's lives that we as Christians are lacking is the fact that we, we lack, we, we're good at helping other people that we know in the church, other brothers and sisters. And the Bible encourages that. Don't get me wrong. We still got to do that. But it also says that we need to tend to the needs to, of everybody. Our word says, the Bible says to love your enemy. 
to live at peace with all men. Shine out for all to see, all, everybody in the world. And I love this, this last bit. So that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Please don't pass people by in our world. I'm challenging myself as well. I'm challenging myself because too long, I know I've been sitting on the sidelines, I've been serving in church, I've been doing my religious activities, so to speak. My relationship with God is there, but I believe in order to go further in my relationship with God, God is speaking to me about this today as well. Because as you begin to reach out, show compassion to people, it it begins to stretch you. The times that I've had an opportunity to do it, my heart is beating at a million miles an hour. It's going, and I'm fighting voices within my head saying, don't do it. Are you sure it's God telling you to do it? Are you you sure it's not? Fight that. And just if you feel to meet that need of that person, if you feel to go and pray for that person, if you feel to, 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 if if you feel, if God is telling you, I want you to give them some money or I want you to give them food to eat or whatever, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. It's those other voices that come into your head that, we, that I know I tend to listen to more so than the first initial voice that told me to go and do that thing. What's the worst that can happen when you listen to that voice? What's the worst thing they can say? No. It doesn't matter if they say no. You've tried. Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. When, when you look at this story of the Good Samaritan, don't just treat it like a story. Look at that last part that Jesus challenges that lawyer with. Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. It doesn't matter about the result. It only matters. The only thing that matters is the person that you're trying to point them to. And that is Jesus. That is Jesus. So let's all stand. I just want every head bowed and every eye closed at the moment. I just want to, I want to pray for people this morning. If you, found, if you find this a challenge this morning, if you find reaching people a challenge this morning, don't, don't feel bad about it. This is between you and God. And you know that you need to, to do something about it. No one's looking, no one's judging. No one's judging you this morning. If, if that's you, if you, if you, if you want to have the opportunity to reach out to people, but you feel that, that it's challenging and, and, and that part of you is fighting that, I don't want to do it, you know, that, that, that wrestle that we have. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. No one's, no one's looking around, no one's judging you. It's between you and God. 
I want to pray for you this morning that the Lord will give you the courage in those times to actually be able to discern people that are in need. I want to pray that God gives you the courage to listen to those voices and say, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it no matter what. Lord, I just want to pray for these people with their hands raised this morning. Lord, they identify that they, that, they, that they need you to help them in this area of reaching out to people and serving people in our community. I pray right now, Lord, this week, you give them an opportunity, Lord, just to be able to reach out to someone in need. Reach out to someone who needs you this morning. And I pray, Lord, I pray for a supernatural courage this morning. You give them courage, Lord, to be able to reach out. To be able to reach out to those needy people, Lord. Give them courage. Give them strength, Lord. Open up their hearts, Lord. Show them the people in their world that they need to reach. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. And just while people have got their heads bowed and their eyes closed, I want to ask this morning, if there's anyone in this place that does not know Jesus for themselves, John three sixteen to 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. God does not condemn you this morning. He loves you. He loves you. Our God is a God of love. And if you don't know the Lord this morning, I just want you to raise your hand. And you want to know him this morning. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand this morning and we're going to pray for you. Mighty God. Precious Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just want to thank you for Infused Church. I want to thank you, Lord, that you've called us by name for such a time as this. I pray, Lord, that this week you give us opportunity in our world to reach out to people. I pray, Lord, even if it's someone that we don't know, I pray you give us the courage, Lord, just to be able to meet their need, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us to be a light of the world, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that that one day we'll be able to see everyone praise our Heavenly Father. I pray that we can begin to see testimonies be shared, Lord, about people showing your goodness, your kindness, your love, your grace, your mercy towards them when they are at their lowest point of need. Help us, Lord, to meet the needs of other people, Lord. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Um, just, to, just on that, God just put a word on my heart and uh, about courage. And I just want to share a testimony about like, childlike faith. My, my, my son, Josiah, he, 
had swimming lessons this week and uh, he um, didn't want to put his head under the water. He was like, no, I'm refusing to do that. And Haley sat and talked with him on uh, one of the nights this week and uh, I think it was this week or the end of last week and, uh, and she asked him, she said, do you believe that God can give you the courage to do this? And he said, yes. And so he prayed for the courage to be able to put his head under the water. And the next day, he was gliding under the water. I went to the pool with him last Thursday, and he's like, look, Dad, I'm, un- I'm, un- I'm going to sit on the bottom. God gives you the courage when you need it. Just ask him. If you're struggling with this, to have the courage to reach out to people, he will give you that courage, just like he gave my son the courage to be able to put his head. It might seem like something so simple, but it's, it is profound. God can give you the courage to do it all. You've just got to ask for it. Thank you, guys, and God bless.